Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello and welcome to the Pregnancy Podcast. This week, we are talking about our six biggest pregnancy and new mom regrets. Now, before we jump in the episode, I want to mention that if you are pregnant and in your third trimester and you're looking for a gift idea for pretty much anything, Christmas, Hanukkah, your baby shower, a birthday that you're having, our mommy mentorship program is a great gift option for you. You can have someone purchase the membership on your behalf. And you can just send them to www.mommymentorship.com for registration and purchasing information. And it's super easy. And then you get all the benefits of the program without the cost. So this one is, this episode is pretty much like a hindsight one, kind of looking back on our pregnancies and our early stages of motherhood. But there were some like big glaring regrets that came to mind as soon as we were like, Oh, this is a really great topic to think about. Um, and like some of them are a little bit more light, I would say, but some of them are like pretty, I think universal for a lot of moms as well. Um, so our first, and you can jump in and tell me, I mean, if you agree or disagree with this, but I say my first regret that always comes to mind is um, not having a recliner chair, like something that's comfortable in the nursery. Yeah, I know you and I have, have debated this one before because I had the super comfy uh, recliner chair. Um, my in-laws actually bought it for me. It was a nice leather one that is now in my living room. It's so nice. And I never used it. <laughs> so now part of the reason for me could have been that I had two babies. Um, so I didn't, we didn't really use it that much because feeding two babies at the same time, we ended up doing it together in our living room. And then with Caroline, the chair wouldn't actually fit into her bedroom. So I ended up feeding her in a much less comfy chair than that one. So yeah. So you did a little different. You disagree with me on this suggestion. Okay. So I will say that then this is my, like one of my biggest top two regrets is for me, um, is the not having a recliner comfortable chair because, um, I had a, or I should say we had a rocking, like a wooden handmade rocking chair, which was beautiful to look at and 
so uncomfortable to sit on. Um, and we got it from Peter's aunt and uncle when we got married and we didn't really have anywhere to put it. So we put it in our, what was, I used to call the library cause it had bookshelves, um, and all my books. And then that got turned into the nursery. And, um, and so I used to feed in there, but it was so uncomfortable. Like it was just hardwood and, like we spent a lot of time in there during the night, but it was just so uncomfortable. And we're like, no, we have a rocking chair. Like it's perfectly good. It's in perfect condition. Like let's not, you know, waste the money buying a recliner. And oh my God, it was just, we were so cheap. <laughs> like, But to be honest, to be honest with you though, like if you're thinking ahead, like it kind of does make sense to buy a recliner uh, especially one that's like leather or washable, like a washable fabric. Cause come on, it's going to get puked on. Um, well, like even if you breastfeed, it's going to get something on it. So oh, it gets lots gotta, of things on it. It's got to be wipeable. Um, but like being able to repurpose it after you're done using it as a feeding chair, I think is key. And I think that's one of the, one of the, benefits to us having purchased that recliner is now it's in the living room right yeah. it goes with our living room furniture it looked good in the boys bedroom and so we yes it was more expensive but now we'll probably end up using it for many more years whereas opposed to like some of those nursery recliners or like a rocking chair like, kind of like the glider ones yeah they're kind of temporary right and they're they're not cheap Mm-mm. right like when you look on like babies are us websites um you know they're in the probably four hundred dollar plus range right so you might as well spend a little bit of extra money if you can and get something that's going to last you longer that you could repurpose after you're done using it for the baby yeah or have somebody buy it for you i will say probably the the only redeeming quality of having the rocking chair like the wooden rocking chair was what you brought up was it was very easy to clean vomit and spit up off of because you just wiped it clean. Like there was no maintenance to it. Um, because like you said, you do get vomit, you do get spit up, you do get, um, medicine. Like I know know, we would sit in it and like give medicine, liquid medicine and try and syringe it in and inevitably some of it drops or gets spit out and it would be on there. So it was really easy to clean. It was so uncomfortable to the point where we would really actually, um, we would choose to sleep on the floor. Like when Freya was sick um, and we didn't want one of us, you know, either she wouldn't go to sleep or we didn't want to, I was nervous to leave her in her room because she had a fever or whatever, you know, she wasn't well. And Um, because that did happen with Freya a couple of times. And we, instead of sitting and sleeping, falling asleep in the chair, it was so uncomfortable that like, it was just more comfortable to sleep on the floor. (laughs) Like, so it was not uncomfortable. It was not a great choice. And then with Maeve, I was like, this is what I'm getting a hundred percent. I am getting a rocking chair. I don't care. Like we're buying one. This is ridiculous. And then we got it. And the first time I sat down, I was like, why did we wait till the third baby for this? We were so stupid. And Peter sat in it and he was like, we're idiots. <laughs> like, and, it's, and it's a really nice chair. And we bought it specifically, like we got it off Wayfair and it was, um, we bought it 
you know, in a gray so that it could go like, we, we will reuse it in another, in an, in another life, you know, outside of a nursery room chair. And it's, um, it's so comfortable and it kind of, um, like I now choose to go sit in that room. Whereas before with the rocking chair, I was avoiding going into that chair, um, like going into that room and using that chair because it was just so uncomfortable. So for me, I feel really stupid and I really, really regret not having, you know, either put it on a list or ask somebody to buy it for us. Um, you know, those people, grandparents or somebody who wants to buy you a big ticket item, um, when you become a, a new parent, then I regret not doing that just for the sake of saving a little bit of money. Um, because it really didn't save our back or our hips. Those, uh, wooden rockers were good in there early 1900s when they didn't have uh, leather rocking recliners. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like they, they, they're very nice. And I like, I loved the idea that, you know, Peter's aunt and uncle had bought it for us for a wedding and everything and wanted to make use of it. Um, but it, it, it wasn't a great, I regret not getting rid of it or like getting another, another more comfortable chair because really it was just, it's, I'm so much happier. I will say I'm so much happier this time with Maeve having that chair. It's just so much comfortable and falling asleep. And yeah, cause you spend a lot of chair time in a recline, like in the nursery and a glider and something that rocks and swivels and has a, you know, footrest. It makes, it makes a big difference. So it's, it's a light, you know, material regret, but it is a very big regret for me. <laughs> well, it's funny. Like, cause yeah, I didn't feed in the their bedrooms very often. Like at night, obviously, you have to do night feedings and stuff. But the boys, we fed downstairs because it took two people. And Caroline, I I actually fed in uh, a chair that belonged to my grandparents. It was just a small chair and it fit me. Keith would probably break it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Um, it's just like an old, old chair and... Uh, it was kind of nice that I got a feeder in it, but it was far from comfy. Well, that's it's, exactly it's what, it. it what, it's what fit, right? Yeah. But I feel like we're, we're, you know, when we're in the fourth trimester and like when we're, we're new moms, like there's so many things that are uncomfortable. Like why can't my back be supported and be cushy? And like the one I bought, I really happy with because, because I'm so tall, like sometimes recliner chairs, if they have a lower back, it's just, you know, it hits my shoulders and then there's no neck support or head support. But the one that I got actually has a really high back. So it's really, really comfortable. I'm just, I love it so much. <laughs> okay. So enough, like, um, you know, raving about my new recliner chair that I love. Um, my other, like my second one on the list for my biggest regret, another big regret for me is another kind of very light material one, but is not purchasing maternity underwear. I never wore maternity. I didn't buy any maternity underwear until this pregnancy with Maeve. Yeah, I honestly, I can't comment on that because I didn't buy maternity underwear. I just, I bought granny panties and uh, I knew that I would eventually throw them out and I wore them while pregnant and then through the fourth trimester and they got destroyed. So <laughs> See, yeah, uh, like 
I didn't, I didn't buy anything special. I continued wearing like my lace thongs and like my lace briefs, um, all through my pregnancy with Freya and postpartum and, um, really, yeah, within, and like, even, you know, once my initial, um, like Lokia bleeding had really kind of slowed down after like the first week or week and a half. Um, I would even, I was like, I was not willing to buy underwear. And so I only had a certain amount of like briefs and like, you know, boy short briefs kind of, um, underwear. And like, again, they weren't granny panties. Like they were just, you know, bikini briefs. Um, but like when I would wear my thongs, I would, alter my pads so that I could still, I, I would need a pad because I still had my low key of bleeding, but, um, I would alter it so that I could wear a pad on my thong <laughs> because of my bleeding. Like that's, I, it's crazy, but that's what I did. Um, you want to know, it'd be interesting to know if you bought granny panties, if you would have thought they were more comfortable than saying going out and buying pregnancy underwear. Like, I don't. I know. bought like cheap Hanes or Fruit of the Loom. Like they were like from Walmart. They didn't cost much money, and they just yeah they got destroyed. They were very comfy when I was pregnant, and then they got destroyed after I was pregnant. Between like the Lokia and healing. I yeah. well, it makes sense though for you to have like high waisted granny panties because really when you had the twins high waist anything really wasn't available um because like now you can buy nice high-waisted underwear I totally would not have invested the money because i'm so cheap oh okay well like <laughs> for, i'm honest yeah that's yeah. true but like for me i will say that i've only ever bought granny panties once and that was i bought granny panties after I found out about my missed miscarriage. So after I found out that I had had a miscarriage, but was still retaining um, the pregnancy and in preparation of like having to pass the pregnancy, I did go buy cheap, um, you know, just like a pack, a big pack of granny panties, because that's kind of what I was told to get because they were like, that's what you need because you're going to have to wear a pad. And um And so I did buy that. And then after I had my miscarriage, I, you know, I literally threw everything away because I was like, and that was the last time I bought granny panties. So I don't think I will ever buy granny panties. I have, I think I just have that connection to my miscarriage and I don't think I will ever buy granny panties. And like, you know, the underwear is kind of a run, like a kind of a bit of a running joke for me or around pregnancy and like postpartum because, you know, I've talked about the story about in like Freya's episode birth story when I, because I was home and I didn't have any underwear, like I packed black lace booty, like hanky panky booty shorts for, to take to the hospital and my hospital bag because I didn't have anything. So like underwear is a pretty kind of funny topic for me, but I, I won't, I don't think I will buy granny panties, because I did for my miscarriage and I just have that emotional connection to it. So, um, with Maeve's pregnancy, I did buy, 
um, maternity underwear and I bought Nick's maternity underwear and I loved it. I'm obsessed with it. It was just like putting on a cloud. It was amazing. <laughs> I think of like Ned Flanders from the Simpsons when he's skiing and he's wearing this one piece, this super tight one piece. And he's like, it's like wearing nothing at all. Um, and he shakes his butt. That's exactly what those maternity underwear were like. <laughs> Um, it, it was, it's like wearing nothing at all. They are the most comfortable underwear ever. And I was like, why am I, why was I so stupid not to buy this before? Um, because like the lace that I used to wear the, even like the lace thongs or the lace, um, briefs, they, the late, because, you know, my hips were spreading and I had a bit of a belly, um, the lace would cut into my skin, but I was like, nope, I'm just going to say, yeah, the lace does not sound at all like it would be comfortable, like Like not even remotely. It it had some stretch, but like, and it was late, it was like a lace combo cotton, right? So the gusset was cotton, the lace band. I think Um, I have the same underwear. Yeah. Like the same underwear from La Senza, you know, the buy, the the buy seven for $10 or, you know, buy 10 pairs for 30, $20 or whatever it was. But, um, so I would wear those and they fit. They do not sound like they would be at all comfortable with an expanding belly. No, I made it work. And I was like, I'm sure you did, but anything sounds more comfortable than that but I but like when I did because I was like you know what this time I'm gonna buy some maternity underwear and see what all the hype is about it was amazing it was life-changing so I hugely regret not buying it maternity underwear for Freya and Finn's pregnancies like small things but like big regret and made a huge difference I was so comfortable so the third one on the list um is again for me, and I don't know if you necessarily agree with this one or not, but for me, my neck, my third uh, regret would be that for not allowing myself to relax and listen to my body when it was telling me that I needed to rest because I would, I, especially with Freya, when I was pregnant with Freya, I don't know why this was in my head, but I was like, Nope, I'm not going to be, you know, those a tired waddling, pregnant lady. Like I'm going to be, you know, not let this slow me down. And, um, I didn't, but I also didn't listen to my body when I was needing to relax and, you know, give it a break. Um, I just, I don't know why that was in my head, but it was, and I do really regret that because after your first pregnancy, if you, once you have your baby and if you have subsequent pregnancies, there's not a lot of time to relax. (laughs) There is no time to relax. Yes. We'll, we'll talk about sec- second pregnancies in a bit, but yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Like uh, with the boys, I was self-employed. I was a real estate agent. So I purposely scheduled the time to have a nap and stuff. And I think that made a huge difference. And it was probably one of the reasons why I could work up until they were born was because I kind of scheduled myself yeah like I just like I didn't I don't know why it was in my head and it's silly that it was in my head and this was like my mindset but it was and you know when I think about this it comes to mind of um so Frey was born in August she was due in September the end of September and in at the end of June towards middle end of June uh I was teaching grade eight that year and 
in grade eight, we go on a big trip. And so we went camping. And so we went, or we went to like a camp, like a, you know, summer camp. And like, is that the the one right outside town? Oh no. Like we were, um, like five hours away, like a five hour bus trip. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Like we were far, far, um, way, way up North. And, um, we like, obviously like all the students were broken up into groups and every group had a teacher as like their leader supervisor. Um, and then you also had a camp counselor with you. And like one of the activities was mountain biking and I took my kids mountain biking and I was like, hold on, competitive. You took your kids mountain biking and you were how pregnant, like really pregnant. Yeah. Like I was, you know, I had, I had Freya a month, just over a month later. Um, and like, we weren't like mountain biking, like going down the mountains, but like we were trail riding. So I guess we were trail biking. Um, it doesn't matter, but <laughs> biking is hard. Even if you're, you know, going for a leisurely but like, ride. I, and I remember like, I had a lot of boys in my, cl- in my group and, um, they were big, like hockey players, but they were in my class. And so like, it was all about com- being competitive. And so I was, we were, they were challenging me and I was challenging them. And, um, we were like going down trails. And I remember being like, I'm so tired. Like, why am I doing this? But I also wasn't even given the chance of like, Oh, you're pregnant. Um, maybe you shouldn't go like there was no camp counselor that was like, this is probably not a good idea, which again, I should have like advocated for myself and known like probably not a great idea. And I wasn't the only pregnant teacher on this trip. Like there was another teacher who was also pregnant. Um, she was maybe two months behind me a little bit later. Um, so she wasn't as pregnant as I was, but, um, like we were doing everything. We did not go do like the high ropes or low ropes, obviously. Um, but that was pretty much it. What we didn't do. It was, and you know, like there's a level of, you know, you could being active and fitness in, um, in pregnancy, but there's also like, really, did I need to go ride like trail riding with my students? No, I could have been like, go have fun. I'm going to stay here at the bike shop, like the bike hut. Um, and they would have been fine, but nobody really, kind of batted an eye, but I also didn't even think like this is probably not a great idea. Um, so, but then at the end of the end of the day, I was like exhausted. And I think I had a Fitbit, I had a step counter, like we all had step counters or something. And by the end of like the three day (laughs) camp trip with our students, our, I think we had walked over like 60,000 kilometers, like, because our our cabins were so far away from the food tents and like the, it was just an insane amount of walking that we did. And I did that while I was, you know, six and a half months pregnant. Um, it was just, it was crazy. And I think I paid for it because my body would be really, really tired, but I was like, Nope, I'm not going to like let this slow me down. Um, yeah, I just, I regret not allowing myself to relax because the reality is after you have, if you have a subsequent pregnancy, there's no relaxing time. Um, no, for your next pregnancy, you'll have a child to run around after. Right. So it's, it's so much harder the second or third or fourth time around than it is the first time. Right? I also, yeah. And I also had like, 
this weird, because of the way, like my mindset was around, you know, needing to relax and listen to your body. Um, I did start experiencing Braxton Hicks really, really early, um, and quite severely. And, um, like, you know, everybody knows that I had Frey was born at 34 weeks. Um, I, you know, we were, I was categorized as, um, unexplained, spontaneous, premature birth. Um, but, and there were a couple other things like with her placenta and umbilical cord that were playing a part into it that they think, but I was like, I think back at it and I'm like, why didn't I just, you know, say, yeah, like I need to relax. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like you're doing amazing work by growing a human in your body. Relax, like enjoy it. Um, there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. Um, and so I, I really do regret that. What do you have next on the list? Okay. So after um, that, our number four is actually one of yours that you really do um, regret. And that has to do with asking for help. Yeah. So this is, for me, this is really with Caroline. Um, With the boys, people were helping me out. Like my dad would come over and mow the lawn because Keith would be away. Um, The one day I remember calling my dad and uh, asking him to come and put water softener, salt in the water softener. And uh, he's like, well, who used to do this? I'm like, I used to do this, right? Like, so like, I remember asking for help with the, with little things like that with the boys. Um, and then obviously the same with Caroline, but like with my second pregnancy, this goes with the whole getting rest thing. I wish that I had, you know, had my dad come over and watch the boys for a couple hours, a few times a week. So I could get some rest because I was absolutely exhausted to the point where I, I didn't enjoy that pregnancy near as much. Half the time I would like forget I was pregnant because I was chasing after two one and a half year olds and yeah it was a lot more difficult than it had to be if I had just asked for more help so it's it's funny that you say that you like you forgot that you were pregnant with Caroline because I found that with Finn for most of my pregnancy I just I was so busy with Freya I forgot that I was pregnant so that I agree with that yeah and with Finn and Freya um they're how they're what 22 months apart right yeah they're born 22 months apart yeah and the boys in caroline are two years and two weeks apart so like when you have kids kind of close in age like that um it yeah it really is a lot of work and i think you do end up kind of living life a little bit of a blur and so uh i think it made a lot of things harder than it needed to be and all I had to do is ask because like for me, my dad, and like he's retired and my parents live close by. So like for sure they would have helped uh, if I had said, look, I need a nap a few times a week, but I didn't ask. So I didn't get right. Like you need to ask. And if people say, hey, I'm willing to help you, you need to be willing to accept that help too. Right. Yeah, it's it's it. I have a hard time with this too. Um, when like, I have a hard time, you know, not accepting help, but advocating for help. Like there are times where, yes, like I'm, I say like, I need help, but you know, day to day times, I feel, 
I quite often I feel guilty that I need help. Um, and I have like, you know, so many moms have this complex of, of like the superhero mom. And like, we have to do it all, um, because people expect us to do it all by ourselves. But the reality is people want to help and they want to be involved. Um, and it's not fair for us to have the expectation that we have to do it all by ourselves because no one does anything completely independently without any type of support. There are, you know, everybody in everything has support and help along the way, and there's no shame in getting help. Um, but I definitely have a hard time advocating for help because when I do, I feel, I almost feel guilty that I'm taking them away from them doing something else, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, it's silly. I, like it makes sense. Like when I say it, but it doesn't make actual logical sense because if people are too busy to help, they're going to say no. Oh, exactly. But I think like we as women seem to like, I, I don't know where we get this from, but we seem to think we have to do it all. And we just, we don't, we, you know, have we also, can, we also can't like, it's just, that is just a it's setting us up for failure or the feeling of failure because we have the expectation that we have to do it by ourselves or well, we're expected the, to do it. The more help you get, the easier things are, right? And I think if you've got those adults that you trust in your life, like your inner circle people, um, you got family close by and you know, you have a your first child and you're pregnant with your second then, you know, take advantage of the fact that grandma and grandpa are, you know, down the road or, you know, an aunt can come and help out, right? Like there are people who want to see you succeed and help you out and they've got the time to help you out. So like take advantage if you can. Yeah. Like they always, you know, we always talk about how it takes a, a, a village to raise a child and it's no different than raising a mom either because it takes a village and a community to raise a mom. And we have to be able to ask for help um, when we need it confidently because everybody needs help along the way. So what do we have for number five? Okay, so this one kind of goes along with asking for help. Um, and this one is one of mine because of just like based on who I am and I regret it. I've been working on it, but it was it's a very glaring regret that I have, especially from, um, my postpartum experience with Freya, um, was I regret being so accommodating and wanting to please everyone and like, please everyone else and meet everybody else's needs at the expense of myself and my needs. Um, like I just naturally am a carer. Like I'm a, I'm, I'm a caretaker. I take care of people. Um, and I always feel obligated to, you know, be the host or take care of people when they came, came over to like see Freya and I and come for a visit. And even when I didn't necessarily want people to come, I would say, yeah, you know, it's okay. Come over for a visit when reality was like, it would really stress me out knowing that I would feeling like I had to vacuum and clean up the house. And I really just wanted to nap and, you know, Freya had a rough night. 
I didn't have the confidence in myself to stand up and like set my boundaries at that point as a mother, which I have since in my role as a mother and I've become more confident in who I am and, you know, more assertive in the needs for myself and for my family. But when I was first a mom with Freya, I wasn't there yet. I was still very tentative and I was still very much a people pleaser. Um, and a hundred percent, I, I suffered, um, because of that and my needs suffered because I was trying to make other people happy. Um, when I didn't, I, I shouldn't have done that. Like this one doesn't really apply to you because you have always talked about how you're like, I don't really care what people think you've, were you, did you have that mindset? Like when you, when the boys were born, like, or have you always been just like an independent, like, you know, confident in what you need and your set. And like, if people don't like it, they can just like shove off. <laughs> well, when you say it like that, um, well, okay. Think, well, obviously I you wouldn't say, say I, obviously <laughs> you wouldn't say like shove off. I don't care. But like, you know, you are one that is, you often say like, now as a mom, if people don't like your decisions then you don't really care, like it doesn't bother you as much. Were you always like that? Like even when you were a new mom in your fourth trimester? Yes. Cause I would say like kind of once I hit my thirties, I cared less what people thought. And I mm. guess my whole thinking is like, if, if, if I did something and someone didn't like it and they told me that I would like obviously examine what happened and what they didn't like. And I'm okay with people giving me information, but ultimately I feel that I need to make my own decisions for myself and I try to make the best decisions for myself that also have the best impact on those around me. Yeah. Maybe I didn't articulate it as well. Like you, (laughs) you're, you're not as like aggressive or, you know rude as I had presented it I shouldn't have presented it that way oh no no I no you weren't no you weren't saying no but we always joke that I just don't care what other people think and not in like but you're right like not in the not in a rude way like I don't like be like you know f you I'm doing whatever I want right no it's not like that at all like it's 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 kind of well thought out like I I guess I feel that I am genuinely a good person, a kind person. You know, I want to, I try to help people out as much as I can. So, you know, for me, the choices I make for my kids are choices that I've made based on things I've read or studied or, you know, um, you know, there's, there were things with the kids that I had really like, for example, sleep, I had read a lot about sleep. And so I came up with what I thought was going to be the best way to get my kids to go to bed at night. And it works for us. It might not work for everybody, but I can respect that. I might, I will parent my kids one way and someone else will parent their kids a different way. And that's perfectly okay. As long as the kids aren't being harmed. Right. So, and I think for most parents, you know, they're not going to put their kids in harm's way. So, yeah. It's almost, I I see it as like, 
when you talk about it, I see it as being like very empowering as a mother to know, like be confident and, you know, confident in your choices and confidence, confident in you and your decision-making and your parenting so that you can, you trust yourself and that you do the best for you and your family. Um, and I find that very empowering, but for me, like when I had Freya, I was not empowered as a mom. I was still very much a people pleaser and I was very much, you know, trying to keep everybody happy and keep, you know, not ruffle feathers. Um, but hold on a second. When you had Freya, how old were you? Uh, I was 29 when, she, when I had her. And when I had the boys, I was 33, about to turn 34. So right. there's a good four years of growth and life experience I, and life experience that I would have had as opposed to you. And I would say me in my late twenties probably would have cared more than me at 30, almost 34. Right. Like, yeah, I, I just think that like, it was kind of like once I hit 30, I was just, you know, I'm like, whatever, I'm going to like do things that I like, right. Like I'll wear whatever I want because I like to wear whatever. Right. Like I'm not doing it to please people. I don't care, care what people think of me. Like they can make their own opinions, I guess, but I I um, can only imagine like the challenges that like young mothers face when like people see them and make the assumptions and like, you know, criticize and judge and are just plain rude to young moms. Like I can only imagine how horrible that is and how frustrating and like just how difficult that is as not only as a new mom, but also as a young mom, like that must be so difficult because like I struggled with it in my late, you know, and at 29, I can only imagine when you're getting it from, and that wasn't from everybody that was just from people here and there. But I imagine the younger you get as a mother, you face more criticism, I think. And then facing that would be like unbelievably challenging. Yeah. Especially if you're like a teen mom or right. Like the, probably the younger you are, the more people are going to share their opinions and and, and like yeah. not acknowledge your strength and your autonomy and authority as a mother. Yeah. 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 No, you're, you're hundred percent right. Like that, that would, that would be hard. Would be. And it's funny because like, so my mom was 10 years younger than me when, when I was born. And so my mom, the one day was paying me a compliment and she was kind of like saying, Oh, you know, when I was a mom, like, you know, you know, there's things I should have done different or whatever. I'm like, mom, I'm like, you were, you were 10 years younger than me when you became a mom. Like, like, that's a huge difference. You know, so like you can't beat yourself up over when she wasn't completely beating herself up, but, and she's like, you're, you're right. Like it was completely different. Yeah. That's a huge, that's a huge age difference. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And like different, you're right. Different life experiences, even in the between you having Freya and you having Maeve, like think of all that you've been through, right? Like, yeah. Right. All the life experiences. And I know that you were a mom while that was going on, but like as a person, you grow so much, you know, and in a couple of years or five years, right? Like 
a decade is huge. Yeah. And I feel like a decade is a lot more impactful or like younger, you know, you know, like when this kind of goes, this is going off topic, but like when you, when you have an age, like a large age gap between a couple um, and when like the, one of the partners is quite young, like a 20, 40, like one partner is 20, yeah. one partner is 40. Yeah. And people are like, yeah. ooh, like kind of like, ooh, I'm not sure about this. And then yeah. if it's like a 30, 50, they're like, oh, okay. And then if it's like a 60, 40, you know, like the older you get, the gaps kind of, even though the age, the number of years hasn't changed, changed. Yeah. the perception of that relationship has changed and the acceptance of that relationship has changed. Yeah. It's something about like, once you hit, yeah, once you hit kind of like 25, it kind of opens up a little bit more for like age gaps. And then once you hit 30, it's like, whatever, <laughs> 30, 60, who cares, right? Like you've been an adult for 12 years. You're so going to be dead whoever you want. You're going to be dead soon anyways. <laughs> what does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> Which is not true, but like. No, no, on. no. Yeah, yeah. no. Okay. So our last one is one that we both agree on. And this is probably, you know, the recliner was a big one for me. Uh, this is probably the largest regret that I have of since becoming a mom. Like this is one that I, I deeply, deeply regret. And I know you have, this is also one that you agree with. Um, maybe not so much. Um, this might not be like, as deep as a regret for you, but it is, um, one that we agree on and it's not taking photos of myself while pregnant. Yes. Yes. This is, this is a big one. Yeah. This this one is huge for me and I, I regret it all the time. So for me, I took a lot of photos when I was pregnant with the boys and then I actually got like actual was a friend of mine took them, but her hobby is photography. Um, And so she did some beautiful pictures for us with the boys. But then with Caroline, I like didn't get the, like I just needed to get her to come take pictures of me. And I don't know why I didn't do that. Um, I think part of it was I was exhausted because I was chasing after these little humans. And so I kind of regret that because it would have been cute to have pictures of the belly and the boys and, and that. And I was taking pictures of myself with the boys all the time, even just like mirror selfies. And uh, I, I have some with Caroline, but like they're far, far less, right? Like I was taking them weekly with the boys, not necessarily the same day, but I was frequently taking them with the boys. And with Caroline, I just think I felt like I was such a disaster all the time. And And I was exhausted. And as soon as I'd wake up, I'd be chasing after the boys. And so that didn't get done. And I, I wish I had more pictures, you know, of that. So, and, and like, she's just not as, she's the second pregnancy. She's not as documented, right? Like, yeah, I got lots of pictures of her as a baby, but like, I've got this like journal with all the stuff with the boys in it. And she's got like next to nothing. So yeah. yeah. Um, so this like brings this one brings me to tears and I feel like it makes me so sad because for Freya's pregnancy, I literally have two photos of me being of pregnant with Freya. Um, one of them is taken 
you know, in July, she's born in August. One of them is taken in July with holding my belly. Like you can see my belly, like I'm wearing a tight tank top and a skirt. And it's with a friend of mine who was due in July as well with her second. And so there's a picture of us, um, like both of us pregnant. And then my other photo pregnant is a mirror selfie um, from when I got my hair done. Uh, And it was, what was it like the day? No. When I got my hair cut before I had Freya. Yeah, like just a couple, a couple of days before. A couple of three days, three days before I had Freya, I got my hair cut. And like, you know, my hair was looking really nice and I was looking cute. I had makeup on. Um, and so I took a took a couple pictures of myself in a black t-shirt and jeans with really great hair. Um, and then I had her a couple of days later. So those are the only two photos I have of me pregnant with Freya. Um I don't know why I did not get more. It breaks my heart. And then with Finn, I have, like, I have photos when I'm pregnant with Finn, but you can't see my belly because like their pictures, me holding Freya, um, like there are no pregnancy photos of me. There's one I have one belly shot of pregnant with Finn. And that was, again, I got my hair cut two days before I had Finn. Um, and so my hair is looking great. Um, I'm wearing the same black shirt, t-shirt and exact same jeans um, in the exact same bathroom, in the exact same mirror. Um, and so that's the only belly shot I have of being pregnant with, with Finn. And I had him a couple, two days later. And then with Maeve, because after I had Finn, I just, you know, over time I got more and more sad and regretful of it. I was like, when I got pregnant with Maeve, I was like, I am going to take pictures. And so I took, I took, um, you know, monthly bump photos and it's, I, I wear the same black dress, like tight little, um, like, you know, t-shirt dress. So I'm in the same, I'm in the nursery. I have the same setup. It is me taking the pictures, but I have it with a timer. So it doesn't look like, like I'm not taking a selfie, like I'm posed. Um, and so I documented every month my progression photos, um, which I never did. And I'm so happy that I did. And then I ended up taking, because I did all that, I was like, I'm going to take a in and out photo. So, um, because Maeve was born at 39 weeks, hooray for me. Um, so I took a 39 weeks in and a 39 weeks out photo. Like I had the 39 weeks in because, um, I had that photo. And so I did a 39 weeks out photo with her when she was, um, nine months and, And, uh, I'm so glad that I have at least those photos, but then I also feel really guilty for Frey and Finn that I don't have those photos. Um, it it really does break my heart. I don't have many like candid shots. Like nobody took pictures of me pregnant, um, which makes me really sad. And, but at least I have bump photos, um, to document that. And because, 
like, I don't know. It's just like every pregnancy is so different. And I will say, so because I had photos taken, I got my hair done around, you know, this at 34 weeks, uh, with Freya and Finn or, um, it must've been like 33 and five days with Freya, but around the same time, within a week of, of each other, um, I had the same kind of hair. I got a haircut and I was wearing the same exact same outfit. So with with Maeve, I made a point at 34 weeks to wear the same jeans and the same shirt and take a photo. Um, no haircut. <laughs> I was not allowed to have a haircut. And I will say I look progressively more like I look really cute and really put together in the first two because like I did my makeup um, when I got my hair done and everything. And then with Maeve's photo is like, oh, it's I'm 34 weeks. I need to take this photo. Um, so like I'm looking tired. <laughs> It's third baby. I'm looking tired, um, but at least I have it. And it's nice that it's like the three of them and I can compare my bellies like so I can compare my bellies be- between the kids um, to see. And, you know, what's crazy is to see the difference in my boobs in those photos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like with Freya, I was re- like my belly was very small. Like I was very like small and tight, um, like in my comparison, like obviously I'm not a thin woman and I'm tall, but, um, yeah, my belly was really, although I was thin, that was, I was, I was very thin in my, for my world. Um, when I got pregnant with Freya, so I was very tiny with Freya. So my bump is like non-existent. It's so tiny. Um, and my boobs, I was wearing a black, like I, I know exactly what bra I was wearing and it was an underwire bra. Um, so my, my boobs are super perky and, not huge, I'd say. Um, Finn, my belly is so much bigger. I was I so big uh, with Finn, and my boobs are massive. Um, and but you know, you can tell that I've breastfed because they're a little bit lower because I'm pretty sure I was wearing a nursing bra at that time, maybe. Um, and then in Maeve's photo, you're like, oh, look at those boobs. They just keep getting progressively lower <laughs> and smaller. <laughs> Um, because in May's photo, I definitely was wearing a nursing bra because I was like, I can't do an underwire anymore. And I had, I had nursing bras then. Um, so like my boobs, but my boobs get smaller. Like my boobs are significantly smaller from breastfeeding. Not obviously not when I'm breastfeeding, but after, um, they are significantly smaller than pre-baby life. Um, and they are breastfed boobs. So they are, you know, jiggly and you know they they've worked they 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 look like they've lived a bit of a hard life at this point <laughs> um, it's interesting that uh you took the same picture around the same time with all three of them because i did that with the boys and caroline right before we went to the hospital before we left i took a picture wearing the exact same dress i purposely wore the same dress to the hospital with caroline and, um, yeah, so you can, I can compare my bumps. I'm exact same position for all of them. And it was right before we left to go to the hospital. So yeah. that's a good picture. If you're going to get a bump photo, take one if you can, because obviously you wouldn't have been able to, um, well, not with Maeve, what, not with any of them. Really. Oh yeah, that's true. Not with any of them. Right. So well, uh, because, I'm because maybe with Finn, cause I was like, eh, I'll do groceries. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, with Freya, definitely not. And with Maeve, 
no, that did not, would not have happened. She would have been falling out in the photo. (laughs) (laughs) But that, that is a nice photo to have, like, to be able to be like, that was right before we left to have you. Well, yeah. And then you can compare and, and it's interesting to see the twin belly versus the single belly. Cause I remember I, I felt good, good with the boys and with Caroline, I felt just awful. Like I felt like I was massive and I felt like I was just a disaster. And I look at the picture of me, I was like, oh my gosh, you were so much smaller. But yet with her, I just felt probably cause I was chasing the boys around. I was just, my body was so much more tired. So. Yeah. Well, and and you know what, like, and that's the thing too, like with photos and especially like when you become, um, when you're a new mom and you, you know, you're not feeling great. The nights are long, you know, you're tired. There's postpartum hair loss. You know, there's a lot of things that make you not want to take photos and capture yourself in that moment. But like just us talking about it is, you know, we have some time and space from those times. Right. And so we can laugh and we can look and we miss the fact that we don't have those photos. And yes, you might not look the greatest and you might look and be like, you might see like, Oh, look at the bags under my eyes, but it's, it's a, it capture these photos capture a really special moment in time that is very fleeting in reality. And yes, pregnancy can feel really long, um, especially if you're not feeling great. Um, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, our pregnancies are fleeting and they are a very unique time in our life. Even if you have multiple pregnancies, they're going to, each one of them is different. And given time and space and as your children get older or as your child gets older, you're, you're going to miss not having those moments captured. Um, because like for me with Freya, it wasn't even on my radar to have take photos. Um, it wasn't even a thought that I had. And now I deeply, deeply regret it, um, all the time. And so, um, yeah, like it's just, sometimes it's just like, take the photo. Um, and like, you know, like with my bump photos with me, I put work into it. I did my makeup. Um, you know, I did, I, I didn't do my hair, but I, you know, I tapered it down or I would kind of try to do my hair a little bit, but I wouldn't put a lot of effort into it. Um, I would pop up my, you know, I put my phone on a stand and I would do a photo shoot for like a half an hour trying to get the photos that I liked. And were there photos that I was like, Oh God, I look terrible. Um, but reality, when I look back at them, I'm like, I look great. Like it's my third pregnancy. Like I look really good. Um, I do that all the time too. I think, I think the house is a disaster at the time or I look like a disaster. And then I look back at the picture and I was like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, you look great. Or, oh, the house is not that bad. Like, right. So like, take the picture. You will never regret taking the picture. So just you might take in, the in the moment, in the moment, you might regret it or you might think you regret it. But when you look back, you're going to be like, oh yeah, it like it captured something special. Um, and I think this is probably a, a, a regret that I think a lot of moms who don't have photos probably have. Um, yeah, it's, that one is by far the largest regret that I have 
I have from my pregnancy. Um, my, like my first two, actually, you know, my first two pregnancies. Yeah. This, the photos take the photos because they're special. It captures a moment of time that you'll never be able to get back. Thank you for listening to this episode of that pregnancy podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.